Welcome to the Penny and Pops podcast. He is still not Spencer Penny Strode. You get me once more, Adam Pops Papa Giorgio. Uh, this is unofficially, officially episode 75, and I am recording this late Thursday night, September 8th. If you listen to this podcast on Apple Podcasts and you have not spotted and listened to the previous episode, or maybe even this one, but the previous episode, episode 74 in your feed, that's because SoundCloud and Apple are having feed distribution problems, not just with my podcast, other podcasts apparently that they're still trying to figure out. It's very possible you won't see this episode 75 uh, appear correctly either, so I appreciate you you know, I appreciate your patience during this time. Uh, if you listen via some other platform, keep carrying on. You should be good. Uh, this is, seems to just be like an app podcast thing. But anyway, FIBA Franz Wagner in Germany ended their time in Cologne 4-1 and one in Eurobasket Group B play. That was good enough to take second place in the group and proceed to the knockout stage. All round of 16 teams now head to Berlin, which is the Wagner brothers' uh, home city. So even though, you know, Moritz and isn't joining his brother Franz Wagner on the court, you know, they're, they're still together. They're still doing their thing. But uh, Germany hosts Montenegro Saturday, September 10th. It's winter go home from here on out. And Franz is still having a very impressive tournament, and he's catching international attention. Let's go. Hardaway, straight down the lane, the power jam. Point guard on a 7 6 guy. Here's Lewis turning and he shoots. Yes! With four and one ten seconds. Here's Kirkaloo for the win. So quick aside, because uh, this is an Orlando-based podcast, and you know I'm born and raised in Orlando, and I I'm a huge, huge soccer fan. Um, you know, I personally like soccer more than basketball; those are my top two sports. But soccer will always have my heart, and maybe a little bit more than basketball. But obviously, the Magic have been in my life for my entire life, and they're still my biggest sports franchise that I adore. Second, probably Orlando City and uh, Orlando City Soccer Club. They've been in existence since 2010. Uh, you know, I I was at the uh, their last championship uh, that they won back in 2013. I was at the Citrus Bowl when there were 20,000 folks there going for uh, that 2013 title. Uh, Dom Dwyer, you're always going to be a legend for that. Um if you weren't there for that seven to four win over Charlotte, it's really tough to explain uh, what that game really meant because uh, that was in September of 2013. Uh, and then a couple months later, in November 2013, Orlando City became an MLS team. And literally, I think a month after that, I then became a season ticket holder. I've been a season ticket holder since late 2013 so I'm almost getting to a decade and um you know last night again I'm recording this late Thursday night September 8th so around this time uh yesterday uh evening Wednesday September 7th I was at Orlando City Stadium 
I won't call it Explorer Stadium. It's Orlando City Soccer Stadium. But um, I was there when we defeated Sacramento 3-0 and uh, with a little over 25,500 people in attendance. And I was on the wall. It was um, it, it was electric. It was fantastic. It's it's everything you want and endure in sports. This is why this is why we do this. This is why we're fans. This is why you know sometimes this is an illness, and sometimes you gotta look yourself in the mirror and be like, you know, is it really all worth it? Stuff like this. And winning that U.S. Open Cup over Sacramento was just awesome. And you know, there's few people on this on this planet that kind of kind of view the way I view that win, um, you know, if I put like, if I had a Mount Rushmore of, or of victories uh, of sport, uh, sporting event victories that happened in Orlando, I would put that 2013 Orlando city, uh, championship game, uh, up there. Uh, the other one would be last night, this 2022, uh, you know, us open cup victory, I'd put game uh, six of the 2009 Eastern Conference Finals up there where Dwight Howard uh, dropped 40 points in a closeout over the uh, over the Cleveland Cavaliers. And, you know, if LeBron didn't make that lucky shot in game two, we would have swept them. But anyway, we still kicked their ass uh, in game six. And uh, that happened on my 21st birthday. So, you know, that's going to be memorable. I wouldn't pick a mid-1990s uh, magic moment just because I was too young and it's really tough to kind of listed up there like most people you know that are older than me would probably put that Nick Anderson Chicago Bulls steel game uh from the 95 series up there and I you know I I wouldn't go against you I was just you know I was like seven years old or not even seven years I I I was about to be seven years old within like a you know a month basically uh from when that happened so um but my fourth on that Mount Rushmore would be Probably a game from the 2017 uh, undefeated UCF Knights football season. I, you know, it could be the Black Friday game against USF or the, you know, I'll probably say the Memphis game that we won in overtime to win the conference championship because then I went to, you know, Atlanta when we beat Auburn and finished undefeated. And that was amazing. But um, sports is just fun. And that was just a really, really important night last night uh from an Orlando sports perspective like it's it it had been bleak basically since 2013 if you really look at you know Orlando City gets into gets into MLS that 2015 season um you know we got Kaka we're you know selling out the Citrus Bowl but like we needed the hardware to back this up and it was immense and I hope the Magic are very very shortly uh gonna follow that up soon hopefully sooner than later because Franz Wagner is awesome. He's amazing. And I'm going to get into the FIBA Franz stuff now. So uh, game four of uh, Germany's uh, Eurobasket journey was uh, Tuesday, September the 6th against Slovenia. You know, Germany went in 3-0 undefeated. Uh, Slovenia, Luka Doncic were, you know, Doncic was coming off his first ever Eurobasket loss. I think he was like 11-0. And, um, you know, the 2017 defending champs were looking to bounce back, but also get revenge against Germany for that 90-71 to 71 loss they suffered in Munich on August 28th for that FIBA World Cup qualifier. And they got it. Slovenia got their revenge. You know, Luka Doncic is freaking insane. He had a 36-point double-double. It, at that time, was the most points in a Eurobasket Luka had ever scored. I think he had broken the Slovenia record by a point um, over what Goran Dragic's record was. 
you know, Luca was amazing. Slovenia beat Germany 88-80. to 80. Just a lot of lessons learned for Germany in this game. Um, Franz Wagner, he finished with eight points, two of seven shooting from the field, three rebounds, two assists, two steals, three turnovers. He was quiet for long stretches. It's probably his worst game in this Eurobasket so far. Goran Dragic, he started for Slovenia instead of coming off the bench. He's still getting it done at 36 years old. You know, he was show, showing some rust a few weeks ago. Not at this moment. Um, heck, even like a week ago. But I've never seen someone, you know, get hurt by coming down off a jump ball and rolling their ankle on the referee's foot. But that's what happened to Mike Toby of Slovenia to start the game. It's just very bizarre. He missed the first six minutes of the game, but he came back in. So I guess no long-term damage for him on that. Um Again, with the FIBA officials, I think five years ago was the last time uh, EuroLeague officials were in in these uh, Eurobasket or in these type of FIBA events. And not having them officiate, it's really uh, it's really brought down the quality of refs. And everybody's complaining about the officiating. I hope FIBA addresses this uh, once this tournament's over and just pay the EuroLeague guys to officiate. But we'll see. Anyway. Uh, man, you guys love listening to my tangents, don't you? So Franz was robbed of a few assists early on in this game because his teammates were missing jumpers. Franz wasn't on Luka much early on. Um, Doncic found a groove, even with that right wrist wrapped in black tape. He found his groove against Weiler Babb and, uh, and Daniel Tice. Um, Slovenia was up 21 to 14 after one period. Luka had eight points. Franz missed his only shot attempt at that point, and Luca and Franz finally uh, did match up together late in that first period, but just Wagner wasn't getting the ball much as Schroeder and Lowe were handling the rock for better or worse. Um, Slovenia was trying to keep the ball away from Franz, but Germany just was not going out of its way to get him the ball either, so that's you know there's a lot of blame to go around for that. Germany, down 14. Still not getting Franz the ball. And then Schroeder hit two lucky threes to chop into that deficit. Franz sat the last three four, uh, yeah, 314 uh, of the half because he had two personal fouls. Again, if you get five personal fouls, you foul out. So two in the first half, not, not a good thing. He only got two shot attempts in the game at that time. Both were three-point misses. So, I mean, he was scoreless at halftime. Uh, meanwhile, Doncic, he was cooking in a big bounce back half for him. Luka, 17 points at the break. Slovenia led 44-36. Germany was lucky to be only down eight at that point. Franz had played 13 minutes. Again, he had no points to show for it at the time. He had two boards, two assists. Should have been, like I said, like five assists probably. But Franz wasn't even cutting much in this game. Slovenia just did not want him involved. Um again there's there's blame to go around both with Franz and coaching but you know Slovenia also had a game plan just not to let him get going and it it worked in this game um Herbert needed to find a way to get Franz going to swing the game and it just did not really happen um there was a nice little stretch though where early on in the second half Franz's first second half attempt was a step back three that he buried to cut Slovenia's lead to 50-46 with 605 to go in the third it felt like game on finally at that point. You know, Germany was just kind of struggling to find a groove. And, you know, once Franz hit that triple, it was like, okay, we, you know, we might get this going. Tice getting in foul trouble didn't help uh, Germany's cause. Franz was at five points when he sat the last two minutes of the third 
with uh, Slovenia up 59-55. So still, you know, tight game at that point. But more importantly, it's, you know, Franzo still only had two fouls. You know, even when he got a nice uh, pickpocket steal on Luca, like he he gambled and thankfully, you know, he got the steal instead of getting tagged with a foul. Doncic, it was at like 25 points. Schroeder was at 17. Tice was out with four fouls. And you just had a feeling Franz would have to play a lot in the fourth. Franz started the fourth quarter. He missed that kind of righty shot put shot he likes to take that he made a lot on Sunday. Worse, he then picked up his third foul 32 seconds into the period. There's just some frustration brewing with him for sure. Um, Goran Dragic, he played great with Luke on the bench. I think he played like 39 minutes did Goran. You know, it's 36-year-old guy playing 39 out of 40 minutes is kind of crazy. And I think he did it too the, the day after this game was played too. So just kind of insane what's going on with that. But um, hey, man, you got to do what you got to do for your country. But uh, when Doncic checked back in, Germany was hanging around down 67-61 with 7.46 to go. Franz hit a long step back three to get up to eight points, but no one was stopping Luka. Doncic, he got up to 34 points. Slovenia was up 80 to 69 with 340 to go. Just time wasn't on the host side. You know, Andreas Obst hit a three to cut it to 82-77 with a minute 50 left, leaving the door a little bit open there. But just Slovenia displayed more urgency in the end. They played like they needed that game more. In the last 30 to 40 seconds, Franz missed an open three that he created for himself. And in that same possession, he missed a lefty layup. I mean, those are shots that he's often been making so far this summer. But that was basically the game because those misses, they could have cut the deficit to either two or three. And that ball just did not want to go in. Um, there were good lessons learned for Germany and Franz. Wagner probably should have demanded the ball more. But when you're 3-0 and coming into that game, I get it. It's easy to stick with what got you there. The Germans, Slovenia, and France all were three and one after Tuesday night. So, you know, they're we go into game five, the last of group play for this group B, and that was uh Wednesday, September seventh, against Hungary. It was the second game of back to back. Hungary was always the weakest team in group B. They were already eliminated and winless coming into this game. They lost Adam Hanga, their uh their best player midway through the tournament. And that just didn't help them. They, you know, if they had Hanga, they'd probably still get crushed. But not having him, it was kind of almost a, a guarantee that Hungary was going to lose. But uh, before this game, uh, they were offering buy one get one free tickets for that for this last German national team game in Cologne. The top of Group B was up for grabs. You know, if Slovenia beat France, it didn't matter how badly Germany would beat Hungary. You know, Slovenia would finish Group B in first and Germany would be in second. If Germany beat Hungary and France beat Slovenia, then Germany would have finished Group B in first. Slovenia, though, won Group B. They played the game before Germany, uh, Hungary, and... You know, Slovenia beat France. Luka Doncic scored 47 points in the game. It was the second most all-time in Eurobasket history. He surpassed Nikos Gallus, who dropped a few 40-pointers for Greece back in the 1980s, including 46 in 1983. That was the second highest uh, Eurobasket scoring uh, point total, was that 46 in 1983, until Luka's 47. And the all-time record is... uh, it actually belongs to Belgian guard Eddie Terrace, who in 1957 scored 63 points in a game. 
And I didn't even freaking know this till this week. I, I really didn't. Um, factoring in the 36-point game against Germany, Luca scored 83 points in what is a legendary 24-hour period, which is just insane. Um, my Slovenia won't medal prediction doesn't look great right now. Uh, Herbert... May have had you know added reasons then to rest some German national team guys for this Hungary game because Germany, win or lose, were locked into second place in Group B, where they will play the Group A third place finisher on you know Saturday, September 10th in the round of 16. So with this Germany-Hungary game anyway, Germany won 106-71 against again a winless Hungary. Franz started the game, but Gordon Herbert rested Wagner the entire second half. Franz finished with 15 points on six of nine shooting, including three of five on threes in 11 minutes. So super efficient in a small period of time. Ty Schroeder and uh, Weiler Babb were rested the entire game. Germany only had nine guys dressed to play for this game um, because they were resting those three other guys. Franz hit his first three shots of the game and was at seven points when Herbert subbed them out with 4.48 to go in the opening period. Wagner hit a, you know, in that stretch, Wagner hit a three, a buzzer beating step back two, and a smooth cutting baseline reverse layup in that stretch. It was just a great start. Um, I wondered if Herbert would hand Franz point guard minutes when it was time for uh, Maudo Lowe to sit. That did not happen, but Franz was hitting his threes and causing hungry headaches. He and Lowe rapidly grew that German lead in what was a tight game the first 15 minutes, but Germany led 54-39 at halftime. Franz didn't play the entire second half as Herbert was likely trying to rest him more. Germany doing just fine either way. They broke 100 points with five minutes left in the game, which is just awesome offense. So Franz, in the five Group B Group B games where his team went 4-1, Franz averaged 16.2 points per game, four boards, and a steal on 53.6 field goal percentage shooting and 50% from three point range. And he was perfect at the free throw line as well. So again, very, very efficient overall, you know, in the NBA, 50, 40, 90 is deemed elite. Franz is at 53.6, 50 and a hundred. And yes, FIBA's three point line is a foot and a half shorter than the NBA, than the NBA's at the top of the arc. It's about the same in the corners though. And even with his top of the arc threes, Franz was still hidden a good portion of those from NBA from NBA range. He's not hugging the line, you know, that FIBA three point line. He's he's hitting them mostly from three point range, excluding uh, teammate Sengfelders uh, uh, one game played in group uh, in group play against uh, Hungary where he dropped twenty two points. Franz is the second highest scorer on this uh, German team behind Dennis Schroeder. Schroeder is at eighteen point three points per game, but on thirty six point two field goal percentage shooting, and 20.5 three-point percentage shooting. If Herbert keeps uh, leaning this much on Dennis, they won't win a medal. Germany's not going to win a medal. Um, I get it. Schroeder, since 2015, had very little help keeping Germany afloat. He was kind of the guy, like the only guy for a while. Um, And, you know, that's also why Schroeder ended up becoming captain for the first time in this tournament once uh robin benzing got cut from the team you know after being the captain of that team for like 12 years um you know Schroeder got handed the the captaincy at the age of what 28 but franz is the best player partner he's ever had now 
And Wagner is a better player than Dennis. Franz Wagner is the best player on that German national team at the age of 21. Um, and you kind of hope that the coaching staff and every player realizes that. I got a feeling they do, but Schroeder is kind of a stubborn guy. Um, you know, De- you know, Franz Wagner is getting like a lot of praise on, uh, what is it, the Hoop Collective pod led by uh, Brian Windhorst. Um when he was talking to uh, Tim McMahon and uh, Tim Bontebs, like he Franz is getting a ton of praise on pods like that, and he deserves it. But you know, they kind of noted how Schroeder, being a stubborn guy that he is, he kind of almost sink, sunk the Boston Celtics season last season, and then once they got rid of him, they made it to the NBA Finals. So, um, and Schroeder is still an NBA free agent; he has not signed an NBA contract. I got a feeling he might end up on, say, a Dallas Mavericks team or a Milwaukee Bucks team because Luka Doncic and Giannis Adetokounmpo seem to be vouching for him. Um, the other cool thing with Franz Wagner is he's getting praised a lot by Dirk Nowitzki. Uh, Dirk was in Milan. I don't know why he was in, in, in Milan for that uh, Eurobasket Group D play, um, but... Or maybe it's Group C. I'm, I'm getting my groups mixed up. But he was in the Milan Eurobasket group. Uh, you know, maybe he's there for some type of promotion. But you know, he was praising Franz Wagner in a post-game press conference. And you know, I, you think about some of the Magic games he saw last season, where he was visiting Moritz and and Franz. You know, he probably went to two or three games. I don't. I remember one of the games he was at Madison Square Garden for when we were beating the Knicks, and then. You know, he was in Dallas when we were playing in Dallas. There might have been one more in there. But, you know, Dirk's, you know, been recruiting and just trying to bring his country to greatness and on the basketball stage again. And he he's realizing pretty quick that Franz Wagner is might be the ticket to that. Um, so that's really cool seeing Franz getting all this praise. But, you know, Franz is the best player on the German national team. And, again, you, you really hope that the coaching staff and the uh, – his teammates kind of lean into that now that we're getting into the real serious portion of this tournament. We're, we're, we're going to find out. Um, Mauro Lowe is the third highest German scorer at 14.4 points per game on 53.5% field goal shooting and 48.5 three-point shooting. Uh, 38, uh, sorry, 48.5 three-point percentage shooting. So similar efficiency to Franz. So at this point, you know, if I'm Dennis Schroeder, he should worry less about jumpers and more about distributing the rock and driving to the rim because, you know, guys like Lowe and Franz and, I mean, even guys, you know, other guys like Obst, uh, you know, those guys are your knockdown shooters. Um, Schroeder, he's very hot and cold. You know, when it's hot, he's hot. But, you know, when it's cold, you end up seeing stuff like those, you know, a loss to, to Slovenia and, now that these games are again winner go home, it's it's gonna be nerve wracking if if Schroeder is still taking a bunch of shots. So, anyway, Moritz Wagner, who has been with the German national team the entire time, has been posting a lot of good photos uh, the past few weeks on Instagram with him and Franz. Mo seems healthy. I don't see any further kind of lingering an- ankle issues with him in regards to him being ready for Magic training camp. You know, I'm again, I'm wondering if. I'm wondering if it was possible for Mo to to be on the roster and kind of slow play him, uh, if if that would have been a possibility. But you know he he wasn't registered because of the ankle injury. 
I guess everybody was just being safe, but I mean, I I'd look at it at that the pain in that man's eyes sometimes, you know, watching these games, and it's like he wants to be there, man. He he dragged Germany to Tokyo last season or last year, and if he was on this German national team, they they could win it all. They really could. Um, but you just feel like they're kind of short one one body, whether it's him, Maxi Kleber. Um, you know, Isaiah Hardenstein, like I said, even a guy like Isak Bonga for like length and defense on the perimeter would have helped, but you know, them's the break sometimes. So anyway, round of 16, um, it's again, winner go home from here on out. We're moving from Cologne to Berlin now, which is the Wagner brothers home city. Um, Germany plays their round of 16 games Saturday, September 10th at noon Eastern U.S. time. Germany's taking on a non-Nikola Vucevic, uh, Montenegro. Montenegro finished third place in Group A. They've got some promising youth and just some, some promise in general. Um, you know, if Vuce was on that team, they they actually could do some damage in this tournament. But, um, you know, that Germany win over France, day one, proved to be massive because France, in finishing third in Group B, has to play Turkey, who finished second in Group A. There are millions of Turks that live in Germany. There's hundreds of thousands of Turks that live in Berlin alone. That arena, when France plays Turkey Saturday, it's going to mostly have Turkish fans. That's a hard game for Gobert and Fournier to win. You know, Turkish basketball, it's slowly on the rise again with uh, Shingun, Korkmaz, and uh, Chetty Osman all being kind of young NBA talents. So Germany avoiding Turkey is big in my eyes. But that German loss to Slovenia really stings because Slovenia's path to the semifinals seems pretty easy like slovenia plays belgium who belgium's feisty but like it slovenia should beat belgium and then their quarterfinal opponent would is the winner between ukraine and poland i think you it's like it's likely going to be ukraine the opponent and you know they got some nba talent but i mean slovenia they sh- they should beat them to get to the final four so um you know, to get to that semifinal. So it's really, you know, Germany might be kicking themselves, um, as I'll mention here briefly. But let me let me get focused just on the Montenegro stuff because, you know, Montenegro, they beat and eliminated Group A host Georgia on the final day of, uh, of Group A action, you know, and Montenegro finished third because of that. Montenegro, small country. They won't have a lot of fans inside that Mercedes-Benz Arena in Berlin. Um, and German fans, as we should expect, are going to bring just that overwhelming support. Um, Montenegro's leading scores are Boyan Dubelovic at uh, 13.8 points per game, Vladimir Mikhailovic at 13.6 points per game, and Kendrick Perry at 13.2 points per game. Kendrick Perry is also averaging 7.4 assists per contest, and he scares me for Montenegro. He's in Orlando guy he he went to orlando edgewater high school you know he's a product of that who has a lot of european guard seasons under his belt if he outplays dennis Schroeder in this game which is very possible this could be a tight contest um montenegro is averaging 31.2 three point percent uh and they'll have to hit from deep if they want to win they can be hot or cold if they're hidden they're likely winning games. Um, Germany comparison is shooting 38% from three in this tourney and have been the far more you know, offensively efficient team. Germany's defense should give Montenegro problems. Um, 
Montenegro, they may have gone three and two in Group A, but they beat fairly kind of weak or unbalanced teams in Belgium, Bulgaria, and Georgia. You know, they they did almost beat Turkey on day one. So an upset is definitely possible in this game. I'm I'm not ruling that out. You know, if Germany just doesn't show up, like Montenegro can win that game. Um, but if Germany wins, and they should, that home court advantage will have played a role. Um, you know, if Germany gets to the quarterfinals, it's very possible they will face Greece. Uh, and Greece is look, you know, has been undefeated so far. They they look great. Giannis Adetokounmpo is a wrecking ball and. You know, even Tyler Dorsey, who's going to play with Luka Doncic in Dallas, has been great. Um, it's, you know, I, I have my high hopes for Greece in this tourney. You know, this isn't a Greece pod, though, because there's no Magic players on them. But, um, you know, I'm obviously going to be cheering for Greece if it is Greece versus Germany in the quarterfinal. Uh, but, it, you know, Greece hasn't won a medal since 2009, like we're due. Uh, but it'd be just disappointing that both Greece and Germany can't make the semifinals together. And it's it, it will be cool if they get if both teams get there to the quarterfinals. It will be cool to see Franz versus Yanni. Like that's you know this is what I was talking about with Paolo Bencaro missing out with, with Italy. Like if he if Paolo was playing for Italy, he would have faced Yanni in Milan and. You know, Franz has an opportunity to do this now in Berlin. But, you know, that's it for, for your FIBA Franz update. Um, hopefully you guys can watch the game uh, Saturday. They're still on ESPN+. Plus. You know, if you're streaming them, you'll find it. If you, uh, you know, if you have a VPN, Magenta Sport in Germany, I think, still showing them. So there's there's ways to see this game if you if you want to see it. That's, that's this coming Saturday, September 10th at noon. Um for, for Montenegro uh, versus Germany. And, you know, we, we appreciate listening to another episode. I appreciate you guys hanging in there. If you're listening through, you know, through Apple podcasts, I'm, you know, I'm sorry. It's frustrating on my end. Definitely that, uh, the SoundCloud Apple feed issue hasn't been resolved yet. Um, hopefully when these, these come out, you know, even though they will be a little late when you listen to these, uh, hopefully you guys enjoy them, but please subscribe Give our podcast a wonderful rating. It, it helps our podcast ranking a lot. Tweet us any of your questions and feedback. Penny's Twitter handle is at Spencer Strode, and I'm at Papa Giorgio MBO. With that, take care. Let's go Magic. Let's go Franz. Keep enjoying Eurobasket. Take care.